And uh, we're going to jump into the Word of the Lord this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, please turn with me to the book of St. John, uh, chapter number 9. And uh, we're going to dive in and we're going to just share uh, the Word of the Lord that God has birthed in our heart uh, for today. How many is glad to be serving the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. And uh, I do pray you've had a blessed week. I do pray that uh, you are uh, doing well and that your families are doing well. Uh, a lot of folks today need our prayers. It's, uh, uh, since I've been home, uh, just was home just for a few hours, my phone began to ring and people going through some very difficult situations. Uh, several families are grieving. Uh, this morning on this Father's Day, uh, individuals in our community that's lost their life, some in tragic manners uh, this week, and uh, we, are, we are praying for them and lifting them up, and the men and women that are around them, we're praying that God give them wisdom and strength this morning. But today I want to share with you, uh, I don't know, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about our role as fathers here in a little bit if the Lord leads us that way, but there's an urgency in my spirit today to, to challenge you as well as I challenge myself uh, to become that which God has called us to be. And how many knows that we are called to be ambassadors for the kingdom? Uh, not called to be anything else. We're not called to be men and women that walk with titles or positions, uh, even though we know that comes with the territory and anything we do. Uh, but we're called to be ambassadors. And I'm, an ambassador is just simply one that, and I've preached that, taught that uh, in this house many times, that it is just one that carries the message of another. Uh, our lives are to be lives that carries the message uh, of Christ. Uh, that message is not a message of condemnation, but that message is a message of love. It's a message of forgiveness. Uh, it's a message of hope. And today I will tell you there's a lot of people that have no hope. But I'm so thankful that there's still hope in Jesus. I'm thankful this morning that I'm standing here not with a little bit of hope, but with a wealth of hope. And I would say to you this morning, no matter what you're going through right now, it may look dark, it may feel overwhelming, but he is still the answer. He is still able to move a mountain. He's still able to make a way in the wilderness. He's still able to do exceedingly and abundantly what you could ever ask or think. And that's why we must put our trust in him and him alone. But for a few moments today, I want to I talk to you about just a simple thought. While it is still day. While it is still day. Because how many knows that there is a time that comes when we are not going to have the opportunities that we have right now. So let us go to St. John chapter number 9. I'm a little bit of reading this morning, but please stay with me. We're going to read the first 11 verses, and then we're going to read 18 through 21 as well. And it simply says this, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, 
Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. The neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thy eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Verse number 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight, and they asked him, saying, and asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then doeth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you for the privilege to stand in this sacred platform today. I thank you for the men and women of God that's in this room. I thank you for those that have come on purpose today to your house. Some may be here searching. Some may be here needing encouragement. Lord, no matter what the reason is that prompted them to get out of their bed today and come to your house, we are ever grateful. So, Lord, now I pray that you would anoint their ears to hear, their hearts to receive. Also pray that you would anoint this vessel. Lord, help me not to speak my opinion or my ideals, but to speak your word and that which you've birthed in my spirit for this time. And we will give you the praise and the glory. And the church says, Amen. Amen. It is vitally important this morning that we come to a very clear understanding that now is all we have. Yesterday is come and gone. Tomorrow, we hope we have it. We plan for it. We prepare for it, but we have no promise of it. At the end of Joshua's life, he understood that life is nothing more than a vapor, and that's why when he began to speak to the children of Israel in the final moments of his life, he spoke in this manner in Joshua 24, 14 and 15. He said, Now therefore, fear the Lord 
and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. He went on to say, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. But he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was simply saying that I'm not going to delay, but in the present, I am going to make sure that I am in alignment or in tune with the things of God. I stand before you today in probably my greatest fear that I have presently is that I see men and women losing our sense of urgency when it comes to the spiritual responsibility that has been given to us as men and women of faith. We find ourselves rushing to complete schedules and deadlines and activities and programs and social gatherings. And we find ourselves living in a pure state of exhaustion while the most important things are left unattended and undone. I've asked this question before, but I must ask it again, especially to the men in this room. And I don't say this in a condemning fashion, but it is a very clear question that must be presented to us as fathers, grandfathers, and as spiritual fathers. When was the last time you prayed with your family? Even now, while we are sitting in this room this morning, our minds, if we're not careful, are already in a different location. We're already thinking about what we have to do and where we have to be and how we have to do it because of the demand in our lives and the busyness of our lives. But allow me to remind you today that it is in this current hour that a majority of humanity is on a road that leads to destruction and a place called hell. How do I know that to be true this morning is because in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 13, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there at. We today must realize that we have to set the standard. We have to raise the bar and we are going to have to be men and women alike to operate with a sense of urgency when it comes to matters concerning eternity. If something is urgent, it means it's compelling or requiring immediate action or attention. It means it is imperative that it is taken care of in the present. It means it is a pressing issue. Over 125,000 people step into eternity lost without God every day. I would say that is an urgent issue today. But when you look at our 
obituary section in America, we have been deceived and led to believe that everybody gets their angel wings and is in a place of paradise. This morning, I'm not talking about people you don't know. I'm not talking about strangers. I'm talking about people that you love. Those that you do life with on a daily basis in your workplace, in your business, in your community. But yet we keep running to the things that have no eternal value. And we fail to sound the alarm of the reality that hell is real. We find our example today in our text in verse number four when Jesus begins to find himself in conversation with his disciples and he said that I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work he went on to say as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world let me remind you today that as long as the church is in the world it is the responsibility of the church to be the light of the world as well Notice, while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. I must ask the hard question today, and that is this, what is your life's purpose right now? What is my life's purpose right now? It is obvious this morning to most of us in this room that we find ourselves at a time of tremendous change in nearly every avenue of our lives. The world that most of us grew up in has long faded away. BMX bicycles and mud puddles and hot wheels is no longer on the agenda. It's a total different world. While sometimes and some things have become more convenient and user-friendly, and I'm not against that at all. But much of which is happening today and quickly becoming our norm is dangerous and frightening because now we have a boy that doesn't know if he's a boy. We have a girl that doesn't know if she's a girl. We have mommies and daddies that doesn't know We have a distracted generation. Due to the strategic plans of some and the implementation of those plans, we are now dealing with a distracted generation that has allowed the enemy to step in and begin to destroy the very fiber of family. There is three things that I will tell you this morning that I have referenced in times past as the three T's, and that is this, and it's very important. 
And it will determine how successful you're living your life. The question is, how are you spending your time? How are you spending your treasure? How are you spending your talents? We've gotten really good at presenting and giving some made-up answers. Well, I'm busy and I'm this and I'm that, but please hear me this morning. There is always going to be another event. There's always going to be another program. There's always going to be another opportunity that seems too good to pass up to take you away from the things that God has called you to and ordained you to. It's all an entrapment of the enemy. Please hear me. Because all of the while, your children, your family, your community, your state, and your nation continues to spiral into a place of darkness. And when you get in darkness, you step into a place of hopelessness. We, the church in America, have become so calloused today that we no longer weep for the sinner. We no longer respond to the unction of the Holy Spirit. We say all of the right things and we say we want people to get saved and delivered and I believe we mean what we say but yet we shrug off the responsibilities of preparing for it to happen. I have to take you back to Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. And it says, these are the words of Christ. And he said to them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. and Take up his cross daily. and Follow me. If you read that verse, it doesn't say occasionally. He didn't say when it was convenient. But he said daily. He said, for whosoever will save his life will lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Notice, my friend, we are to live in a manner that glorifies the Father continually. And we do that by living a life of urgency, knowing that this could be our last day on this planet. Our sole purpose is to give away everything that we have received from him. Please hear us today. The only hope for humanity this morning is still Jesus. The only hope for your family, the only hope for Connorsville, Indiana, The only hope for this nation and the nations of the world is for men and women in the faith to once again step into a place where they are willing to lead and guide a generation into the presence of God and the principles of God and the faithfulness of God. This morning, if we're not careful... We have accepted one of the greatest crises that's ever come to humanity. 
and that is the state of fatherlessness. Please hear me this morning. It is present in our homes, in our communities, and unfortunately even in the local churches across the landscape of our nation. Men and women are fatherless and they are motherless. No one leading them, guiding them, or directing them. I want to speak to fathers especially, but to mothers in this room as well. Please hear me. This house has been entrusted with a generation of children and young people and young adults. And I want you to reflect in your mind and remember how you thought you knew it all at 18, but now that you're 45, you realize it wasn't really all that, right? But thankfully, there was people that spoke into your life and, and was ones that became guideposts and brought correction and guidance and love and assurance at times that was very critical in your life. But here you are now passing 50 and running towards 70 and approaching 90 and you're still moving on the straight and narrow because somebody was a father or because somebody was a mother and they took time to love you and to speak into your life. But we've got those in the church now that's 25 that go to church with strangers even though they sit in the same church week after week. Uh, listen, uh, it is our responsibility, please hear me, especially fathers, uh, to set the platform or set the pattern for the family. Uh, what does that mean? It means that there has got to be once again uh, an awareness of becoming the example. You and I today find ourselves in a place of a very critical time in history, in the church, in our homes, in our community. Jesus said, while I'm here, I am the light of the world. But he says, I'm not always going to be here, but I, while I'm here, I have to work the work of the Father, and I can't do it later because the season's going to change. I have to do it now. What he was saying is this, I know that there's a mandate in my future that is going to change where I am at the moment, but this season, this moment, I have to be found working. Uh, can I tell you, men of God, you cannot wait till they're 20 to become their example. You cannot wait till they're 10 to become their example. Uh, but in the infancy, uh, you have to begin to be the example for your family. Uh, and I would say to those, uh, the elders in this house, as men and women of faith, uh, there is people that is always looking and observing. And if you kick the bar all the way down here, uh, they believe that's what they have to live up to. And it's not very hard, but can I tell you, if the bar's down there, uh, there's no victory there. There's no 
joy there. There's no peace there. There is no power of the Holy Spirit there. But when you begin to raise the bar to where God says it is supposed to be, uh, there begins to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, There begins to be peace that passes all understanding. Uh, There begins to be a shout of victory uh, instead of a cry of defeat. Uh, There begins to be hope in the midst of hopelessness. Uh, It begins to tell a young generation uh, that they're still standing through the challenge. Uh, They're still standing through the difficulty. Uh, And because God kept them, uh, I too can stand. Uh, And it begins to ignite a fire. uh, And there begins to be a burning ember. uh, And there begins to be an illuminating light. Uh, Men, uh, this is not a time to be absent, uh, but this is a time to be present. Uh, Don't you let somebody else uh, take the spot that God has for you. Uh, Listen, uh, we cannot afford to be a fatherless church, uh, but we gotta be a church uh, that has an abundance of fathers uh, that will love on everybody, uh, that will encourage everybody, uh, that will be there for each other through thick and thin. But not only are we to set the pattern for the family, but secondly, we are to be the ones that bring provision for the family. Hear me this morning. Men of God, for far too long, and ladies, please do not misinterpret what I'm getting ready to say. For far too long, the local church in America has been led by spiritual influence from the women of the church. I'm thankful for the sensitivity and the discernment And I am thankful, I am thankful for the intercessory prayer of the women of God. But we have done a disservice to our families, to our communities, and to our church, and to our wives by putting that responsibility on them. Listen, men of God, if you don't understand this, I'll be more than happy to have conversation with you one-on-one because it's that important. The only way lack can be destroyed is if the man begins to step into the place and be the provider. And that is not just naturally, but that's spiritually. Why is there not revival in the American church? It's not because women of God ain't laying and praying and squealing and squalling. The reason the blessing of God hasn't been released in the American church is because the men is still too stubborn to provide spiritual leadership. I, I'm going. I love you enough. Just be honest with you, okay? Listen, I understand, men. We're not near as emotional most of the time as ladies. We're wired different. But emotionalism is not necessary spiritual depth. I'm not saying you have to put on feminine garments to become a spiritual leader. What I'm saying is you have to be an authentic, burly man that God created you to be. You can be a man's man and still be a spiritual provider. Because can I tell you, There is special visitation that comes to a local house of worship, to a local home, 
when a man begins to say, I am going to destroy the lack in the spiritual realm that's on my family. Hear me. When men began to get together and pray, things changed drastically. I can give you stories of when men of God clear their schedule and come to the house of God, that it triggers the heavenlies differently than when women come together and pray because God operates differently in that manner. Because men carry the authority to break the lack, not just poverty in the natural, but poverty in the spirit. Because he created us and geared us to be providers. You hear me? When men come together and begin to pray, it moves heaven so much that God will dispatch angels in the middle of the night and he'll come in when the door's locked and he'll still come in and make the door swing open and slam shut and will let you even see them standing as pillars in the back of the room with their swords drawn standing saying this, we're on your side, we come to destroy the lack. I'm going to stand here and tell you today, men, if you'll become the men that God's calling you to be, there's getting ready to be visitation that's getting ready to break lack off the church in America. Quit letting the enemy tell you, oh, that's not me. That's not who I've been created to be. Please hear me. While it is day, meaning this, you have an opportunity as men of God right now to step up and to change and alter the garbage that we see in our nation right now. But you're going to have to take the responsibility and you're going to have to be the one that brings provision for your family. You want your sons and daughters and grandchildren to walk with the power and the anointing of God? Listen, begin to break it off in the name of Jesus. Yeah, go to work, work hard, labor. But listen, you got to do more than that. It's not about just paying a light bill. It's not just about paying a water bill. It's not about just putting food on the table naturally. But I'm talking about what well, you can feed them naturally all you want to. But if you don't put no spiritual food on the table, you are going to sit there and watch your children die and go to hell. And listen, I'm here to be honest with you because, I listen, I'm not trying to be mean this morning, but I'm here to tell you, while it is day, do you understand that while it is day mommy and daddy you got about an 18 year window before the enemy's going to snuff them out and pull them to a place of darkness uh, if you're not careful so those of you that got babies at home you listen to this preacher this morning uh, but maybe those that you that didn't do that so much back then when they was in that stage uh, I'm so proud uh, that we can still have a father we can call on and his grace and mercy is sufficient uh, and even when we begin to call out on their behalf in their 20s and in their 30s uh, even when they went wayward uh, there is something that can touch their heart uh, and they will come back to their senses and say there is more than enough at the father's house uh, but listen uh, for there there ever to be an awakening in a far land uh, there's got to be an awakening in the house uh, where daddies uh, begin to make provision uh, and destroy the lack off of their family Thirdly, this morning, let me give you this it is our role as men to protect the family meaning this keep them from harm 
I got to ask the question this morning to the men in this room. What are you doing to make sure that nothing is harming your family? You say, well, nobody better touch my kid. Okay, I understand that in the natural, but what are you doing in the spirit? How many dark things is visiting them at night behind the closed bedroom door when they go in there and all of the thoughts that bombard their mind? When was the last time you walked through your house and anointed your kids' bedrooms uh, and began to say no uh, weapon formed against them will prosper? Listen, I'm talking about spiritual authority. Uh, you and I today got to realize uh, we have to protect our family. Uh, when was the last time you just walked in and laid hands on your wife uh, and began to say, uh, this woman of God? God will walk with be blessed. Uh, she is not going to be bound uh, by the attacks in her mind of the enemy. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning, while it is day. <coughs> I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning. That's fine. But listen, uh, I didn't come for accolades. Uh, I didn't come for amens. Uh, but I come to tell you this morning that while it is day, we have an opportunity uh, to be men of God that turns a world upside down. Uh, we have an opportunity as women of God uh, to turn a world upside down. Uh, or we can sit and watch a generation continue to be destroyed. Uh, but while it is day, uh, it means there is hope. Uh, we have an opportunity. Uh, listen, you say, is it that urgent, preacher? Yes, it is. Uh, just a few hours. Hours after I got off the plane, uh, my phone rings and says, can you pray for me? Uh, listen, uh, this one just took their life uh, with the gun. Uh, this one just took their life and hung themselves. Uh, listen, that's my world. Uh, that's what I live in. Uh, so yes, it's urgent. Uh, listen, I'm here to tell you that's somebody's son. Uh, that's somebody's daughter. Uh, and at the same time, uh, that's somebody's daddy. Uh, that's somebody's mama. And we want to come to church. Uh, and we just want to go through the formality. Uh, we want somebody to put a little oil on our head, uh, blow on us, uh, give us that which we need. Uh, but we want to be absent from the war. Uh, I'm going to tell you this morning, uh, you got to shake it off. Uh, you're not on the love boat, uh, but you are enlisted in the army of God. Uh, and it's time to get on the battleship. Uh, and men, it's time to be men. Uh, fight for your family. Uh, fight for your children. Uh, Fight for your community. Uh, listen, uh, it's not okay to be idle. I know you wish I'd stay gone till next Sunday. Blame it on the new Bible. It's not broken yet. Fourthly, You have to pray over your family. Not occasionally, but continually. What does that really mean? It means you position them for favor. You position them for blessing. We are blessed not only with the yacht of young children and young adults, as I said earlier. But I look around this room this morning... We're also blessed with elders, people that's been in the faith for a while. You serve God. You love God. And I know that, and your heart's turned towards God. But I've got to ask you the question. How many times did this group cross your mind this week? How many times does those 20 kids or so that's in Debbie's room 
cross your mind this week? I know you're busy. I know you had all kinds of stuff going on. But a father and a mother, a true father and a true mother never forget their children. Their life revolves around the children. So I have to ask the question, why is our lives not revolving around this? Why is it not revolving around what's back there in those classrooms? I'll tell you why. It's because we don't understand the urgency while it is day. But Jesus, our example, he said, while it's day, I must work the work of the one that sent me. This morning, the enemy has distracted the men of God and the women of God so that he could gain entry to create distraction. Mark 3 and 27 says, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his good except he will first bind the strong man. And then he will spoil his house. How has he bound the strong men of the faith? Through distraction. Through busyness. And he's now spalling. Spalling. All around. He's spalling. Listen, this principle not only applies to your home, but to the local house of worship. It applies to a city, a state, and yes, even a nation. So what I'm saying this morning on this Father's Day is we must get our focus back. We must become willing to work while it's day. Notice what happens when a man or a woman takes responsibility and becomes focused. Leviticus 27, verse number 14. It says, And when a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto the Lord, then the priest shall esteem it or estimate it, whether it be good or bad, as the priest shall determine it, so shall it stand. What this passage is saying is this. When you come to a place where you begin to sanctify and make your house holy, it sparks a visitation from heaven. In the natural, in Leviticus, men would begin to go through a process in their natural home. The priest would come and they would do an inspection And if it met the standard of holy and pure, then he would allow it to stand. If not, it would be instructed to be dealt with or removed. We have a high priest that can be touched, is what the word of the Lord says. And therefore, when we come to a place where we sanctify our house, this house, as well as the house that we live, as well as this house, 
as well as our cities, as well as our nation, when we begin to get to a place where we have sanctified it and made it holy, it sparks a visitation. It's a welcome mat for him to come. And when he looks at it, he examines it. And then he says, it'll stand or it'll fall. I want to ask you this question this morning. If the Lord stepped down into your life today, men of God, if the Lord stepped down into your life, women of God, would you pass inspection? Would he allow it to stand? It's not about form. It's not about religious activities. It's not about standards of men. But it's about does my life line up to the call and the commission? Am I setting the pattern for a generation? Am I bringing provision to a generation? Am I providing protection for a generation? And am I positioning them for favor? That is the only way that a house will stand. I believe that we are setting the pattern. I believe that we're providing provision. But I fear that we do not understand the war of protecting and positioning. As they prepare to come to the piano this morning, let me say this. For those of you that are students of history, you will find that war has plagued the timeline of history. But you will find that as we have moved along the timeline, war always takes on different forms and different lives and we fight every war differently than we fought the one before. When you look at the gruesome bloody pure evil forms of war From the times of hand-to-hand combat to the times of air superiority to the times of the great battleships on the sea and transitioning then to the submarines that isn't even visible. Then we transition to the satellites and to the drones that we find ourselves using now. <coughs> Wars have changed. The enemy is the same. His motive is always the same. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but his motive always changes. 
his procedure always changes to fit the times and the seasons of humanity. One of the most powerful tools in the toolbox of the enemy today is the things that we allow a generation to walk with. These are wonderful tools for great things, but they're also tools that bring destruction and death. And I don't say this in a condemning way at all, but most men of faith have no idea what's bombarding their children. Most women of faith try to act like they know, but they don't have the courage to address it and to deal with it. The reason that the women of faith struggle to deal with it is because it's not their job, men. It's your job to protect your family. Protect their mind, protect their influence. You have to protect the ear gate, you have to protect the eye gate. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm trying to tell you today that the enemy is coming in a different form than maybe you're aware of. I walked in some places this past week and dealt with some things that I can't personally give voice to as of yet. But when you walk on the grounds where individuals have been kept because they're rescued from human trafficking that all was a result from this. Please hear me this morning. We have to fight more strategically. We have to become more aware. It's not as safe as you think it is this morning. So men of God, I celebrate you as fathers today. But I also celebrate the fact that my Heavenly Father is ever speaking into our lives if we will allow Him to. But I caution you today, while it is day, just a few hours ago, the sun rose naturally. Some of you don't realize that it don't just appear. It does rise slowly. A few hours ago, it started rising. But in just a few hours, it's going to begin to go down and darkness is going to come again. I'm going to give you a challenge this morning. About midnight tonight, Men, go out to your garage, get your push mower out and start mowing your yard. Let me know how beautiful it looks in the morning when the sun comes up. 
you young guys that's been coming on Saturday morning, come out here about midnight tonight and fire up those weed eaters and I'll inspect it in the morning. Some things you just can't do in the dark. So you have to take advantage of the window of opportunity that you have while it's day. Matthew 24 says that when you see all of the things that we see today, we need to begin to prepare and look up because your redemption is drawing near. Paul wrote in the book of Romans and he says you need to awaken because he's nearer now than what you ever believed. What he was saying is this, darkness is coming. There's coming a day where we're not going to have an opportunity to preach one more message. There's coming a day when we're not going to have an opportunity to go put our arms around our loved ones and say, you know what, I love you and God loves you. There's coming a day that we're not going to have that anymore. But the church is leaving. So while it's day, on this Father's Day, can I remind you, and we're praying. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What are you and what am I going to do with the name of Jesus? What are you and I going to do with the love of Jesus? What are you and I going to do to protect this generation and those babies back there? What are we going to do? While it's day. A distracted generation. This morning, do we understand that He's still the greatest gift to men? And do we understand we have the greatest privilege to be able to share to the world? The love of Jesus. Let us not allow a spirit of intimidation or spirit of fear to keep us from being who God's called us to be. Men, I'm calling you to be men. Women, I'm calling you to be women. That bring glory and honor to the King. Let's set the pattern. Let's bring provision. Let's provide the protection. And lastly, but not leastly, let us begin to pray over a generation and position them for favor. As we stand all over the house this morning, please. Hello, everybody. We just want to come to you today and say thank you so much for taking some time to watch us. Um, we hope that this message was encouraging and a blessing to you. Um, feel free to private message us and follow us on all social media platforms that will be listed below. Thank you guys and have a great day.